And, Jimmy, while Tennessee plays its first game this weekend, never too early to start talking about rules changes and things like that. So thanks to A.G. Hines Company providing building materials. Since anyone can remember, we get to say hello to our good friend Gerald Hodges once again. Absolutely. SEC replay official Gerald Hodges. Gerald, how are you? Doing well. Doing well. Well, good to see you, and uh, we want to congratulate you. You completed the Grand Slam plus one as uh, you were able to be the replay official at the Rose Bowl, adding the Sugar Orange Cotton and Fiesta. We'll call it the Gerald Slam. The Gerald Slam. There we go. <laughs> All right, a new name out there. Uh, I know that had to be a thrill for you to uh, to be the replay official at the Rose Bowl. It was, Jimmy. It's just it's a real thrill just for the history of the game, and it's just, uh, it's just a fabulous setting. It really is. Had you been to a Rose Bowl stadium before? I had not. I had mm-hmm. not. The year before that, I was in San Diego for a bowl game and uh but this first time to actually see the rose bowl itself they also provide you with a nice ring they did they really did very nice yeah (laughs) well we've got a number of rules to go over and the one by the way i do want to mention this we talked about it earlier about in college there was a discussion during the florida miami game a florida player was thought to have um face guarded and they they threw a flag, and then when they got together, they said, oh, no, there's not a penalty. There's no face guarding in college. There's not in the NFL either. Uh, I think they did away with that in recent years. There used to be in there the used NFL, to be. but Correct. there's not right. anymore. Right. Uh, I do want to ask you about this, though. Targeting. No longer can targeting stand. It has to be confirmed. And, Gerald, it has to meet three different elements, too. That's correct. That's correct. There's, you know, of course, there's indicators of targeting. There's... At least three, not limited to three, but uh, a launch, a crouch, you know, or an upward thrust uh, into the into the player, and uh, you know, usually at the above the shoulders is the way it reads, and then also on the nine one three, which is crown of the helmet mm-hmm. targeting. There are basically two uh, two indicators for that, of course. The main one is lowering the helmet, and then they've they've added a wording in both those rules, and it it says to attack the opponent either above the you know above the shoulders, head and neck area, or with by lowering the head and in a in an attacking manner, hitting you know the crown of the helmet is what the other one is. From your perspective as a replay official, does that make it easier to call targeting or harder? Actually, with you know when they took out. The stands, you know, where mm-hmm. we we don't have a stands. There were sometimes plays that we looked at that, you know, by the letter of the rule, we had to call targeting, you know, and, uh, and then some we felt really good about. Others, you know, we didn't really know. But by taking the stands out, it it's got to be pretty pretty well black and white. There's always going to be judgment, of course, in any mm-hmm. anything you do, but. Uh, I, I thought I like the idea, you know, because you know, sometimes in the past maybe we would let one stand that, well, you know, we probably really wasn't, but we we were to err on the side of safety, and also keep in mind the the on field officials, uh, their criteria is the same. If if there's any doubt, then they're going to call it. They're going to call targeting on the field. They're going to flag it. And then we will look at it and use the you know, parameters we're given to come to a decision. And we've heard from Steve Shaw, the coordinator of SEC official, and he's the the rules book guy now, that he feels like there has been a change of behavior. You still have targeting calls, 
sure. there has been a behavioral change with players. Fewer players leading with their helmet, hitting them with the crown of the helmet, etc. You see that, and we've seen it in the booth. You'll see them make a conscious effort to avoid that contact where, you know, before, you know, they'd go ahead and, you know, and make probably a questionable hit. And uh, but we we think we've we've seen that that you know that it's doing better. They like I said there there's going to be some and uh, you know we'll have those. But I think overall the behavior is changing. So to be clear, if two of the three or more criteria, if only two of the three are present or prevalent, does that mean targeting will be overruled? Yes. And then would it still be a personal foul in that instance? It can be, yes, absolutely. Especially if you, okay. you will see you will see a uh, a roughing the passer, mm-hmm. and the announcement may be roughing the passer with targeting, or unnecessary roughness, or correct un- unsportsmanlike. What, any any yeah. unsportsmanlike or fifteen to personal foul? Yeah, personal foul. The that personal was what I was foul for. will stay, uh, but. The, the targeting could be overturned. Okay. And if you want me to go ahead, uh, there's, uh, along with that, mm-hmm. uh, the blindside block is no longer legal. It does not have to be targeting. Okay. Uh, if the player, you know, in the official's judgment, does not see the block, and you, you get these on mostly changed possessions. Mm-hmm. You know, which a kick is considered a change of possession play. Right. Interceptions, fun, anything where you change direction of the flow of play suddenly, and uh, and you, and of course, you've in in the past we've we've all said what a great play. You know, you just guy gets just blown up. You know, off his feet, and uh, so that, this year that will be a foul. Now, what would I guess? absolve somebody from would it have to be it would be a hit from the side would it have to be i mean would you have to be able to see in replay that indeed the person was in the player that was hit field of vision how how would you handle a situation where that's up for question that is not a reviewable oh, play yeah that's okay <laughs> so, so where, that wouldn't be where we would come in is you will see too you will see blindside block with targeting Gotcha. That's our key that we that brings us into the play to review it. Uh, but if, if he hits him hard enough in the shoulder mm-hmm. to, you know, if he if he's definitely from the blind side, that's going to be a foul, and this go that's going to take a little bit of, from from the fans' perspective. You know, that's still going to be a good a good block in their you know their mind. Right. So, but that the only way we will get in is if they that they say with targeting. And the blindside block, as Steve Shaw had explained to us in the media a while back when he, when we saw the, the viewing, it's like decleating. Exactly. Yeah. You, you can actually do a blindside block, but it's more of a brush, get in the way, kind of screen them. You know, as long as you don't have forceful contact exactly. and, quote, decleat them, right. then you can do the blindside block. Right. But it, it's the force that's involved with it. Right. Is what um what can get you in trouble. Let me clarify one thing too. On the blindside block, if there is targeting and it's not called, mm-hmm. we will we will review that. In other words, it doesn't mm-hmm. have you remember when targeting first came in, yes. The only way we could get in was if they called it on the field. So then that quickly changed to we You can initiate it. We can initiate it. But the targeting aspect we can't. 
Our guest, Gerald Hodges, if you have a question or comment for Gerald, 656-9900, star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. This is Sports Talk. You want peace and quiet? Better look somewhere else. 99.1, the sports animal. Continues our guest, SEC replay official Gerald Hodges. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember. 656-9900 if you have a question or comment for Gerald. 656-9900. Gerald, we've seen this. It's been in the rule book, but I saw it the other day, and I thought it would be worth addressing. So I'm watching one of the college games over the weekend, and the quarterback runs and he slides, and he thinks he's got the first down. But they mark it where he started his slide, which was about a yard short of the first down. Talk a little bit about it. It's not when the guy actually goes down necessarily, quarterback on a slide. It's where he starts the slide, correct? That's where they're going to mark it. That's correct. And to be, and you've got to slide a certain way. Yeah. You have to go feet first. Because yeah. you'll see some, you know, and they'll go head first trying to get the extra yardage. But then he's not protected, is then, that correct? That's correct. Well, oh, then, sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, right. But he's not protected. In other words, he's not uh, defenseless. That'd be, the, yeah. you know. So when the quarterback slides, it is exact, it's exactly when he starts his slide. And we, you know, kind of a simple rule of thumb for us officials, but as, as soon as his rear starts down and he puts his feet forward, that he may hit he may hit the ground two yards ahead of that. But it's when he first starts that slide is where the ball is. And that's and that's the way they mark it. Alexa. It was uh, during the SEC spring meetings that Steve Shaw said that they were going to send crews of officials from the SEC to each SEC school. They would be there basically two days, and they would want them to work a scrimmage. And they wanted these officials to talk to – uh, the secondary coach is about this is pass interference, this isn't. This is holding at the line of scrimmage, this isn't, with the variety of the position coaches. How did the head football coaches receive that? From what I've the, – the officials I've talked to that went through it, it was very well received on both ends. It was a learning process for both the officials on the field as to how they're, how they're teaching techniques and also for the, you know, for the coaches as you know, what the officials are looking for on different plays and uh, different uh, different philosophies and things like that that they would see during the ball game. And I think both both sides were uh, very pleased with the outcome of it. If you have a question or comment for Gerald, 656-9900, 656-9900. Star 990 is free for AT&T and U.S. Cellular customers. The toll-free number, 1-866-656-9900. What is it like getting ready uh, from last season to this season as you've touched on what uh, as we've talked about? There are the updates to the rule book, more exceptions, I'm sure. Um, but what's it like to work with the on-field rule book as, as well as the replay guidelines? Well, it's it's interesting because the, obviously they go hand in hand, even though the uh, the replay system is a separate rule. It's Rule 12 that was added to the rule book. But – we started in um, March getting quizzes every week, 
And then, of course, the rule changes came in, I think, around the 1st of April that were they actually voted on and, mm-hmm. uh, and approved. And so, you know, they, they're in the process of getting the uh, – uh, the rule book together, but we we had a we sh- we had a sheet that came out April twenty second that had the actual rule changes. They weren't quite in print, but we were able to use that as a supplement to the rule book. So we would go we would go through every week. We'd have quizzes, and then they started uh, with the CFO college official college officiating you know uh, LLC, which mm-hmm. manages the officials group. We started getting videos, uh, and also from the uh, director of replay nationally, Dean Blandino, we'd get about every other week, get a video uh, of different rules, and then we would get a quiz on those videos. So it's it's been ongoing since about the 1st of March. And in fact, we'll start in-season tests this week. We'll get a quiz every Tuesday or so, and uh, – you know, we'll do them, but it's to get you back in the rule book. And of course, you start. You should have a pretty good base of the rules, but then you you concentrate on the changes from one year to the next, and then you know you of course work on back and refresh yourself on all the rest of them. How much do you enjoy having the iPad capability versus having to wait for VHS tapes to arrive? Oh gosh, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Even even FedEx and DVDs. You know, oh yeah, <laughs> that that was the big step. Next, we have uh, the capability that when we get back to the hotel, we have the whole game on our iPad or a flash drive mm-hmm. of some media form, and then. Uh, you know, we of course we the uh, instant replay officials have a game report. The referees have a game report. There's reports after report, but we have that in our capability. Just like I said, immediately after after the game when we get home. So that's 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 a real treat. So. Geraldine, I'd ask you about the. Or we talked about SEC officials going to HSEC school like two days in August. Do other conferences do that? Do you know? I Other than the NFL, which, you know, they have a crew go to training camp, but I don't know of any other uh, college conference yet that's doing that. Do you think they might adopt what the SEC did? Because it, it sounds like a really good idea. It has a lot of pluses. It really does. It's uh, It just benefits both sides. I, I would not be surprised if that someone else doesn't pick it up pretty soon. I wanted to ask you about this one, too, and I understand it's a judgment call, but I wanted to get your perspective on this. So I'm watching the Miami-Florida game, and I believe Florida sacks the Miami quarterback, and a defensive lineman from Florida, he goes over to to congratulate a teammate on the sack, and he's standing over the quarterback, and they threw a flag. And Dan Mullen went nuts because he thought, hey, he's over there talking to his teammate. He's not taunting the quarterback. What is there a particular rule of thumb about? I know you're not supposed to stand over them. Do you get a second? Do you get two seconds? What? What do you? What's the general rule on whether or not you call somebody for taunting? Or maybe it's something he said. But that, I, that's what I yeah. would wonder if it was something that he said. And of course, that's we'll never know what, if that's because we just don't have that avenue. Right. That you know. It, and there again, it's a judgment, and it's like I said, you. It's actually written in the rule book that you're not to stand over an opponent and or point at him in any derogatory type thing. But like John said, the 
you can't hear the audio. So mm-hmm. sometimes there are things said that, you know, just looking, you don't see any response or, you know, actions that are visible. But you just you just don't know what's said. And there again, it is it's truly a judgment call. And it, sometimes it depends on the, you know, the demeanor of the game, how the game's going, too, you know. If I'm not mistaken, they also have ruled that an opposing player doing the gator chomp is going to now be an unsportsmanlike act. That's 15 yards. Have not seen that, but, I mean, that would make sense. Well, what if a gator does it? Another good question. I, I wonder if a gator can do it toward his own fans but not the other fans. Well, you know, and that's what most of that's for is not to to make gestures toward an opponent or, or derogatory things. So I would think if you, you know, if you're sure you're in front of your own fans, uh, that'd be kind of hard to call. But, I, you know, that's. Yeah, and because their context, as as we've been yeah, talking about, right. just even with the uh, the Florida player congratulating a teammate while standing over the opposing quarterback, uh, there's context. Don't know the audio, but I would imagine there's probably much greater leeway for somebody uh, for a Florida player to be doing that in Gainesville as opposed to doing that in Knoxville. Correct. Yeah, that would that would be inciting the opponents or the fans. I would that would fall under that. And there is, you know, there's. A, written thing for that now as part of the preparation i mean because with florida it's easy because they do have a very distinct <laughs> gator chump but you also have other teams that will do either practiced or quote-unquote traditional reactions and or gestures uh, is that something that they would be given leeway if there was one like that for a team as it's playing at home would there be leeway from the crew at home as opposed to the opposing team doing that specific gesture to them. Well, they're getting, yeah, I think it's directed at an opponent is, uh-huh. is where they're really trying to go with it. Oh, you know, they're getting the chomp could just be a celebration for yes. their own fans. What I found interesting about the Florida Miami game is that you saw a number of Florida fans sitting next to Miami fans. So if Felipe Franks goes over there and starts gator chomping, he might be aiming that at the Miami fans versus Florida. It's a neutral site game, so I True. wonder. Yeah, that's you're right. right. It was Orlando. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I wonder if if there's a little more leeway given. Okay, we know where the Florida fans are at the swamp, but when you're at a neutral site, there's a mixture, and so probably maybe... is a big mixture. I would I would think <clears throat> yeah. so. Yeah, that would. That's why you know you just got to be really careful. You don't want to over be you know over over officiate. You know, mm-hmm. but by the same token. You don't want things to get out of hand, and that's, I guess, that comes from experience of being there and seeing what's going on. Now, typically, if I'm right about this, <clears throat> you're watching that when a guy scores and he's in the end zone. <clears throat> Once he gets to his own sideline, you're probably not paying as much attention. If he's to in that, the te- if he's in his own team area, you know exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's Gerald Hodges with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. We'll get a break and be back with a final segment to today's edition of Sports Talk. We'll announce our qualifiers for the ultimate tailgate camper as we continue and now conclude from Safety Systems in Hardin Valley, 2051 Castaic Lane. We're talking East Tennessee's number one source for security and entertainment needs. Safety System, the word safe, the letter T, systems.com. This is Sports Talk. Budweiser Studios of Cumulus Broadcasting. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? This is Sports Radio WNML. 
final segment to today's edition of Sports Talk with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. Our guest, SEC replay official Gerald Hodges. His appearance brought to you by A.G. Hines Company, providing building materials since anyone can remember. Gerald, we see the Pac-12, which they had to uh, survive a independent look at how they went into, we'll say, collaborative replay when they had a member of their legal team on the conference come in and overrule a video replay at one point with the collaborative replay. But they were given the thumbs up that their practices weren't out of line. But the Pac-12 in turn says that as a conference, watch out because they are going to start commenting on potentially controversial plays. So if you have a holding call that was called or a holding call that wasn't and it proved to be a pivotal play, that look for the conference to come out and at least remark on that. Is that something that um, the SEC should follow? Would you like to see there be more transparency in either getting a call right and here's why it was right, or we missed that one? In your shoes, would you like to see a conference be a little more transparent in what they got right versus what they got wrong? I think there should be both. I mean, in I think the SEC is moving that direction. They've made a, a statement to that effect that uh, uh, not only you know, uh, you know, they're not going to debate things and mm-hmm. you know, through the media, of course. Right. But they, I think you will probably see some statements come out of the SEC office maybe they ex- can, explaining things. Maybe they can hire a lawyer to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Shaw said that his. He talked about how he has responded to some very controversial calls in the past. Right. And I said, well, then, to what degree, at what point? He says, well, that just depends. Social media, what uh, folks are saying on TV, whatever, and, and newspapers, that raises the level of their consideration. Uh, just a couple other new things here. Kickoff, no wedges on kickoffs, right? Correct. So It, it used to be it used to be three men lined together. Now it's two can't be lined up together. Blocking below the waist, uh, that is still allowed within a certain parameter, but it must be in front of the guy, right? Correct. He has to, and so. that's, that's kind of tied into the blindside block, blocking issue that uh, as long, you know, if, if you're going to block below the waist, that defensive man has to be able to defend himself, at least get, get their hands on him, you know, coming from the front, basically a, 10 to 2 type thing. I know Bobby Gaston used to say there shouldn't be any blocking below the waist. I remember him arguing that many years ago when he was a uh, coordinator of officials. I don't disagree with that at all. Also, um, so I'm watching this game, uh, Miami and Florida, and I just wonder, to be a white hat now, do you have to be able to bench press 400 pounds? (laughs) This guy, Mike DeFee, had these biceps. He was Ed uh, Ed Hockley Jr. out there. But I I wonder, these these guys look like they pump a lot of iron before they go out in the middle of the field. Well, it, it's funny you say that because, you know, I, I, obviously Ed Hockley kind of started that look. Yeah, he did, oh, didn't he? We had, a, uh, we had a little private get-together for one of our KFOA slash SEC officials who's, uh, well, Terry Brown just got inducted yeah. into the uh, Greater Knoxville Sports Hall of Fame as an official. And uh, – he said that uh, there's quite possible some of those NFL officials with the big biceps have had their shirts altered. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. Hey, Gerald, thank you for joining yeah, us. We always appreciate it. Yes, I'll wear a Smedium. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate Gerald Hodge.